my face hurts, you guys. <laughs> that was fun. You guys have a one. lot of information. Like I knew Courtney would have. But Talk you out of my ass, people. Talking out of my ass. <laughs> but you know, after the gerbil left. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. We are your hosts, Eve, Courtney, Lori, and Chris. And this is our first episode of, ta-da, season three. Brace yourselves. Today, we're talking about urban myths, urban legends, however you want to call them, both of our generation and maybe how rumors spread now. You know, <clears throat> fake news. <clears throat> All right, on with the show. Hi, guys. Hey, Eve. Hi, everyone. Hi, Eve. Hello, Eve. We are trying to sort of dig into a concept that was actually proposed by a friend of Courtney's and mine. Abby suggested, why don't you guys talk about urban myths? What are urban myths? And you know what? I had to look it up. So really? we know sort of a theory of what urban myth is. There is a definition. So are you ready to hear? An urban myth is a story generally untrue, but sometimes one that is merely exaggerated or sensationalized the gain status of folklore by continued retelling. Such stories, which may be old and cliche written, are often given a degree of plausibility by being updated in a contemporary setting or by the teller's claim of personal involvement. Here's the distinction, though. It's very rarely the direct person would with the connection, the ubiquitous friend of a friend. Oh, yeah. Or my cousin's Cousins. seconds, <laughs> my cousin's doctor, my dentist's boyfriend. Right. That's Third cousin the, one's so, removed. Yeah. It's never like I saw it or anything like that. There's never any a direct personal connection to these things. But when you're a kid, it's like you're in schoolyard. It's like, no, yeah, totally. It's true. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I think there's some things that are cool to think about, especially as us as kids, because we had no internet. What made us believe it back then? Because we were gullible idiots. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we were a bunch of dumb kids. Is that it? Stupid. Yep. Well, but we trusted whoever was telling us. But why? Right? Why did we trust them? Do you Maybe think? because it was our best friend or our best friend's older brother or sister who heard it from a cousin. Sensationalism, too. And it's a borders on the line of ridiculous. There's no basis in any kind of fact. But as a kid, it's not like you're pulling out the encyclopedia Britannica's and flipping through and going, you know, it's not in here, so it's not true. I'm fact-checking on this crap. So. There was no such thing as fact-checking when we were there, kids. Well, not as children. Not I mean, for if, us, if but somebody yeah. was fact-checking. Yeah, Bob Woodward and, uh, and uh, was fact-checking. All the presidents, uh, men, Bernstein and Woodward were fact-checking. Oh but nobody God. fact-checked the Mikey getting killed by Pop Rocks and Coke. But everyone believed it. Everyone yeah. believed it. So, yeah, so why? why did because it was an element of truth to it. Like, if you throw in a whole thing of pop rocks in your mouth it's a little scary because then i was afraid to ever do that Oh, I did it. So right some away. parent, some parent came up with that one then. They right? didn't. It's so yeah. interesting. So there is an entire article that I was reading about it. And the name of it is How the Explosive Pop Rocks and Coke Legend Destroyed an Iconic Candy Brand. Did it destroy <laughs> it? Because we all know what Pop Rocks are because of it. And the article goes through sort of the ups and downs of it. But apparently it started in 1979, where his mom got a bizarre phone call from a stranger saying, I'm so sorry to hear about your son. And this whole article goes into the fact that somebody made up this story. The guy's name is John Gilchrist. And he's like, well, I'm fine. I'm going to keep eating this shit. That was Mikey. Was this some wacky morning drive time radio guys that did this, that just made up this bullshit? right. It was a bizarre phone call from a stranger in tears. Probably just a wacko, his mom thought, but it weirded her out. Gilchrist, now I'm 49. So she sent my oldest brother to drive by the field where I was playing to make sure I was okay. And that's when I first heard the pop rock story. We didn't know any of this at that time, because how would this have come out. Here's the question for you guys. 1979, I was 10 years old. So we were all 10, 11, 12, 13. Did you stop eating Pock Rocks? 
because you heard the story? I stopped eating them because they were disgusting. It's like licking a nine volt battery and then there's no taste. It was like a novelty kind of thing. You're not going to sit there and eat an entire vat of Pop Rocks. But once you heard the rumor, Chris, mm-hmm. did you eat them with Coke? Sure. Yeah. Probably so it not didn't... good for the ozone layer, but I didn't die. <laughs> Who told you that no. Mikey died of Pop Rocks? I don't remember. Uh, I just remember that he did, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I but he didn't. He... <laughs> but he did, but he didn't. But you didn't see it like on the CBS Evening News with no. Walter Cronkite or anything like that. That's the big oh. question. How did we learn about an urban legend? Because someone did a decorative note on lined paper, folded it up into <laughs> uh, a special triangle, triangle. and passed it through <laughs> class. Right. That's how you found the stuff out, people. That was our texting. Wait a minute. Courtney, did, did you spread rumors like that? Because that sounds no. really official. No, but I, who knows? I might have. I don't know. Text. But that's how you got information. You, should, right. you wrote something on oh. a note and you passed it in class. And then you or, talked about it at lunch or recess. Or, or at the sleepovers. <gasps> When you had all the girlfriends over. I don't know what the boys did, but the sleepovers. Lori, you're absolutely right. Sleepovers. What what did you hear at sleepovers? Oh my God. Don't you remember? Ouija boards. Ouija boards. Ouija boards. And I just a feather stiff as a board. There you go. I just a feather stiff as a board. Yes, yes, yes. And then the Bloody Mary, whatever, whatever. Yeah, say it three times. Yes. Yeah. That's that's an unimpeachable source. The thing that's interesting is that you have these localized little clusters of germ-ridden kids these rumors. <laughs> How does it get outside of your elementary school? So it has to be like that time you meet with your cousin or, you know, yeah. your friend who's your parent's friend or whatever. And then it just spreads like sadly a virus. Isn't it like older kids tell younger kids, so older siblings or older kids or yeah, camp a, counselor, yeah. camp. Camp. Fire, like camp are fire telling yeah. things around the fire. These things are like appropriated culture and passed down generationally, yeah. right? There was but, also one about the hook, the guy from the institution, fill in the blank whatever. And right, fill in the, the blank. Lovers, yeah, the young lovers at your local road or whatever spot. <laughs> fill in the blank. <laughs> Ours was like called Cuba Road. That was like the, the creepy road by us. So they'd be out of Cuba Road and the, the bulletin came. Whoever heard of a bulletin? What's a bulletin? Where did the bulletin come from? <laughs> this is 1940. Is this War of the Worlds? <laughs> they hear this guy has escaped. So everybody's must whatever and they keep well, hearing the What was the, the bulletin on the radio? Yeah, but then they drive away, Maybe. opens the door and there's a hook there. Oh my God. I'm curious curious what Courtney thinks about this because in all the research they talked a lot about folklore and they talked a lot about history yeah baby See, I speak in our language. I knew this notion of urban legend. Like we've talked about a lot of things just now that are scary. Is there a historical thing that it needs to scare little kids? Yes and no. Yes and no. Here's the thing to think about. What is an urban legend? It's a story. And the story has some sort of, believe it or not, uh, morality to it or a bit of advice to it. And you got to hearken all the way back to the Greeks. Because as they say in my big fat Greek wedding, everything originates in Greece and Aesop's fables. And this is from like 600. BCE, right? Like long time. Great era. Good times. Love the wardrobe. What Aesop was writing was not to kids. What Aesop was writing was something to cover different types of issues like related to social interactions or religion or politics of the day. And they were for adults. And then they were oral tradition. And later on, it got written down Mm -hmm. several hundred years later, I'm sure. And then those became sort of the basis for a lot of myths and legends that we sort of relate to today. After that came the the Brothers Grimm. Oh, yes. Hansel Gretel. There was a switch from Aesop talking to adults to to tales 
spells being directed towards children. And then the Brothers Grimm sort of is the standard story that we know because they've lasted all this time. And they took folk tales that were supposed Mm. to scare the crap out of kids into not going into the woods, into not talking to strangers, into not doing Mm. all these terrible things that could get them killed because mortality rate was high for kids back then. So these were stories to scare the crap out of you to to, to impart better behavior. Those tales are like the basis of most of Disney stories that we all grew up on. Which which are the ones that you can validate because you see a, a movie about it versus a story that's told to your friend's cousin's third neighbor. So it's all in that sort of grand tradition. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of sensationalism always historically. So like there's all these amazing woodcuts that are little images of some woman being killed by a wolf. This is pre-grim or torn apart by animals because she wandered into the woods. Like there's all these what we would call urban legends of each century, of each culture of each country. I knew you'd know. You know, so this is not unique, but there's like an interesting through line, you know, yeah. that we can trace. Because it all, it all hinges on, on the oral traditions. There you, you know, go. Before yes. there was yes. written language, before you, yes. you had the printing press and you could consume things, it was all oral traditions and they were all either parables or allegories. That's ah, what they were. Fancy words. That's sort of the tradition thing, the, the going to summer camp and telling ghost stories around around the fire. It's like that probably happened 4,000 years ago. Right. Like, you know? right. Stories so were a little different. Same. And let's remember, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, those are urban myths. I was going to say, those religions. are on our list. Those are on they're our just, list. They're huge, but like the, those are well-known, world-renowned. I mean, Area 51, right? But are, that's a real place, though. But are there real uh, aliens in it? Aliens? I'm not saying there's aliens, but I'm saying right, that, that, that Area 51 exists. Yeah, but they, the they myth the is it's housing an alien spacecraft with aliens. That's the myth. I mean, I saw Independence Day. Come on. (laughs) I mean, if that that doesn't confirm it, I don't know what does. Love that movie. Every culture has their Bigfoot those Yeti or the scary and, and, things. Yeah. And there's a certain kind of through line that goes through different cultures that are about these myths that are trying to teach us a lesson. I don't know what Bigfoot's lesson is. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask. What is the monster legend? What does Nessie teach us? What is in all the in search of stuff? Don't go, don't go swimming in the yeah. lock without a partner a and don't go walk and don't go walking in the woods right. because Bigfoot will get you. We were intrigued by it. Okay. You know, I can tell you as a a kid in probably third to fifth grade, the books on UFOs, the mm. books on the Loch Ness Monster, the books on tornadoes and hurricanes, and the books on Bigfoot, those were always checked out of the, our little tiny library at my elementary school. Not as much interest from the, the girls there, but all the boys were like, oh, did you know? And like, oh my God. You know, no, it's true. I, I swear to God, I read a book about it. And it was, the same, about it. Yeah, it was the same grainy bullshit picture that they took in 1952. <laughs> that was, I think, a toy. But for kids, it was sort of the first kind of idea that there's something unexplainable out there. Yes, and that yeah. wasn't, that didn't have the, the sort of catechism and I'm not Catholic <laughs> that religion has mm. where there is certain kind of this and this and this, this was like, oh, it's totally true. There's UFOs and all other stuff. And we're a generation that grew up with the X-Files. There's a reason that show was so popular. Mm. Right. Yeah. Before then was in search of, we talked about oh, like Nemo yes. before. Right. Yes. Love that show. So like the so. stories yeah. that we shared with each other at sleepovers or what did boys have instead of sleepovers, Chris, did you have like gatherings of boys where you share this? We well, slept in-, in a basement, but there probably wasn't painting of toenails or anything like that. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we just threw stuff at each other. But in between throwing things that you talk about, yeah, there's a UFO, that thing's real. Oh, yeah. And then then you go and do dumb things and the parents would yell at you. I'm going to share with you guys something that I don't know where it came from. My mother shared a UFO story with me. I don't know if she made it up or what, but she remembers being someplace. There's always someplace desolate. Right. Mm-hmm. So someplace where nothing else was around. And then all of a sudden, no she looked, witnesses, right? No witnesses. She looks down the street and something landed in front of her and it was dark and she couldn't make out what it was. And then it went away. Whew. 
Right. Was it the doobie she dropped out of her mouth? <laughs> we never did. <laughs> <laughs> right? Mom dropped some blotter acid. And- mom, but mom told me uh, that as a kid. It's possible. Must, but I, and I, I must have gone to school and told my friends, oh my God, UFOs are real, God. Because my, my mom, mom saw it. Right. They might be. <laughs> they might be. Who knows? We be. don't know. I mean, that's more plausible, I think, than Bigfoot. Then that moves into this whole notion of media because we saw movies right. that told us some of these things. We saw TV shows. And then I don't even know how old we were when, do you remember it was the New York Post, I think, whoever did Bat Boy? That was the Weekly World News. So like yeah. tabloids. Tabloids for sure. Yeah. And so, so I remember Bat Boy. That comes from all the yellow journalism, the sinking of the main and those kinds of things. They're just selling stuff. But it, again, it comes down to the my friend of a friend, cow tipping. Not true, guys. Nobody's ever done it. But Maybe they did one. it in Heathers. Never have. I mean, come on. Now, the razor blades and the apples. Uh, if for the, the love of Christ, if I have to see one more local <laughs> news story every goddamn Halloween, Halloween about keeping your kids safe from candy, it's like, well, we're not idiots. If the candy's open, don't do it. But don't eat it. How many times has that actually happened? Right. Like Wait, so so are there alligators in the New York sub? That was, uh, and that, I is that true or not? No. Because are you sure there could be? No, but they're not going to come up and bite your ass for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's not Australia. It. If it was Australia, I might believe it, but not in New York City for Christ's sake. You know, it was things. one of my favorite ones. Was, I don't know if anybody's heard this. There was it was the jet assisted rocket. There's there's a jet assisted takeoff of rockets that you can basically they're called Jados, and <laughs> it helps planes take off. And there's an urban myth that some jackass strapped him to his car in like Arizona. It was always a desert place and lit him up and basically ran into a, a big rock and just disintegrated the, the, the car completely. And himself or just the yeah, I mean, Well, yeah, no, he was fine. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He was going 400 miles an hour, but he was okay. He wore, he wore a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but then once in a while, then it, it, these things become true. Like what? I, well, if you remember back in the early eighties, there was uh Tylenol poisoning. Yes. Oh, yeah. happened. oh I remember. I that. was in high school when it happened. They made an announcement and said, you got to, if you have it, get rid of it. Right and they now. took it off the shelves. Away our yep. Tylenol. They never were able to really solve that, but they don't know how it happened. But yeah, that fe- feeds into the fear. The Tylenol. That was real, and, man. That was scary. And, got a na- and that was on the news. So we well, actually- it was real. Yeah, it was well, scary. It was real. If I remember correctly, that's when they started putting those seals on them. Yep. Mm. That's exactly what they did, yeah. Yep. So that you would know if it was tampered. Yep. It was really tragic because like one of the people that died, one of the mourners was at the wake and went into the medicine cabinet <gasps> and took and took the same Tylenol and they also died. What? Are you sure? Is that a story that you heard from someone's nephew? No, it was in the news. Okay. This is not an urban myth. This is a fact. <laughs> But see, that's how it happens. Well, it is. Like Courtney sort of said, there's a certain kernel of truth that just sort of blossoms. Ish. And it's like a fungus that sort of like attacks the, the meatloaf that you've had in the fridge for too long. <laughs> it just grows and grows and grows and gets more fuzzy as time goes on. And then it's somebody, like that, that game telephone, right? That game telephone yep. yes. where you yep. whisper in someone's ear and then by the end of it, it's uh, fantastical. Yep. It's like movies, right? Yep. Remember when the Blair Witch Project and they oh, said that was real? You can events. say anything you want. It's a good yarn. There's another one that, that people always tell every every fire season is the guy who was swimming in the lake and the aerial <gasps> helicopter scooped the guy up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It's very, it's a very, didn't happen. It's a very California sort of urban. <gasps> yeah, yes, that's, it that's is. definitely it one is. of those things. How long has yeah, that been going on? This is hilarious because, you know, you know, the, the planes that go and scoop up the yep, water, yep, yep, they're yep. like, oh, we got a scuba diver or something <laughs> in it, right? And, and how, did he, like, how did the guy get from, he lived in Oxnard, but he landed in San Gabriel Mountains. That was fire. He landed on a house in Calabasas or something like that. In scuba gear. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> right. Because you scuba in lakes here in California. Like CSI. Yeah, sure. It's like CSI. <laughs> How did the scuba gear? Why was it scuba gear on the roof of a burning house? But there's also certain holes. Like I remember the calls yes, coming from inside, inside the house. The house. Oh, oh, we had two different the... phone lines back then. We <laughs> right? only had one. We had one, but it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, okay. How the hell did you do that? We had a very long extension cord from next door. So the calls coming. No, there's no way to do that. But that's Dumb. what made horror movies. Because that goes back to the, the cautionary tale that if you hear something that's scary, then you don't answer the phone. Like Lori never answered the fucking phone in her, in her house. I think it's drama yeah. though, isn't it? It's just, and we it's also just like scary. to be scared. We like yeah. that, that acceleration of being scared. Yep. See, I hate that shit. But <laughs> All right. did anybody remember the one about uh, the bubble yum? What was, was a bubble of, yum? It was made of spider eggs. <gasps> no. Yeah. Look at Lori. I vaguely recall And then this if one. you ate it, like the spiders would hatch. It was one of the first extra soft mm-hmm. bubble gums. So it had flavor that lasted. The, but the no. bubble yum had like, so it was made out of spider eggs? Hey man, this was going around the, the schoolyard. Well, then there's also like the doctor's horror stories, right? Like what? So it's like the medical horror stories. Oh, so like, like, like I was, oh, I wasn't even going there, Lori. Oh, oh my God, that's a good one. Because you always take a Sharpie and write which limb they're supposed to cut and which limb they're not. Yeah. But the, like the horror stories are, Oh, this doctor was operating on this woman and she was wearing um, a wig. And when they put her under, they had to remove the wig. And there was like a nest of black widows climbing because they'd been living in her wig. And that's why she was sick. Like, who knows if that's true, but that's a damn good story. Poisonous spiders and beehives. I have one for you when we were teenagers. Did you remember the Phil Collins song in the air tonight? Yeah. It was about a death that he witnessed. Yes. That he let some kid drown or something. Right. And we believed it didn't stop us from like getting the song. And then, people like doing do, it do, now. Do, 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 do. right yep. right oh, i can feel it <gasps> but it took a long I told time the story what are you, you did kidding? are you oh, kidding me yeah who did you tell it's the not true though it's not no, true. It no of course true. it's not true but i thought it was i remember hearing that and only like the last 10 15 years there's an entire subcategory of fables or myths that go along with rock and roll. Like what else? All was dead. Elvis oh. is still alive. Oh, Elvis sold his soul to the devil. Mama Cass died eating a ham sandwich. I didn't. She, she you did looked not. it up. No, Lori looked it up. Lori no, was, I saw one of those shows once that talks about <laughs> celebrity deaths. <laughs> to eat oh, yeah. true Hollywood story. And, it was and, kind and, of something know, like that. So back to this whole notion of folklore, there's an element of truth to it. And then somehow it just blows up and we buy it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I'm not going to get too much into the, like, the really gross stuff but the gerbil urban myth. Oh my God, I forgot about that. I've heard it applied to so many different people. <laughs> tell going, tell, tell what the myth, the myth is that somebody for their own satisfaction decide to insert gerbils into them. Into an, exit, to, uh, into an exit only Thank you orifice. very much, Courtney. Yes. yes. Now, let's break this down for a second. First of all, the amount of preparation that would have to go into this. The amount of preparation. <laughs> you know, are there all my pet stores that you can go and do these kinds of things? Ordering gerbils online. Well, this do you have to have the right online. size? Do you trim yes. the nails first? There's a lot of things to go through. Do you, that we do have. you get them drunk before you like <laughs> insert them? And there's plenty of those kinds of ones out the there. The light you know, bulb, people putting a light bulb. Those kinds of things there was actually a period of things. Yes. <laughs> a, those are those medical stories again, right? right. Yes, the you know, oh, you're not going to believe yeah. what happened in the ER today. That's right. And some this of those idiot are... walked in with a blah, 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 up, up his blah, blah, blah. Up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> so the gerbil one actually brought down a news anchor in Philadelphia when I was growing up there. What? Really? Yeah. 
And he Why, turned, did he say That's it? a powerful gerbil. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what happened? Eve? The talk was that he had put a gerbil up, an exit only thing. Right. It got released in maybe weekly world news. It wasn't or the news. gerbil escaped and went on Oprah? What? Uh, <laughs> I call bullshit on this. I want to see right. how this, this happens. I think everybody listening should go and look this up and find out because that Sounds like an urban legend. Eve's a Philly girl. That Don't mess like with an, her. An urban legend Dagwood sandwich right there. It's just layer upon layer upon layer. And I'm sure there was Bigfoot and UFOs involved too. Probably. Yeah. If memory serves, and I did look him up, it was Jerry Penicoli. That's what I'm looking up right now. Did you look up Gerbil in Philadelphia and you came I up did. with Jerry? <laughs> newscaster, newscaster. That's what I typed. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know if it, I never know it was true. How does oh. HR get involved with that one? Like, what's the meeting like on that? Did he get severance? That's all I want. Right. The debrief on the gerbil issue, the gerbil issue. But that became a local legend. I looked up Philadelphia reporter gerbil. For, I just love his name. For years, Panicoli became synonymous with gerbil up the ass. Oh my God. You've no, been Panicoli'd. How much time was spelt on the Google algorithm to make that happen? You could just put in those three keywords and it comes right out. That's all I did. Technology is wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful and horrifying at the same time. Who's heard about the guy who was drugged and his kidneys were stolen? Oh, everyone heard that in college, right? Don't get too drunk. They'll take your kidney. If you wake up in a tub with a bunch of ice and a scar, go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) We heard that happened off of I-55 on a rest stop. Some guy got drugged and that's Right. We heard about it in college and it was always like there's some beautiful women involved that sort of in, enticed the person and then drugged them. And then they woke up right. in a beautiful hotel room with no kidneys or or off or motel off of 55. This gave us an entire a subgenre of horror films that are just absolutely dreadful. But it did give us shows like the Mythbusters, which was actually very entertaining for a very long period of time. And, and the majority of the things that people taught in there, it's like it's impossible for these things to happen and they're or very improbable. You can't just do certain things because. Because, well, physics. <laughs> so chain letters? Did you guys oh, get God, chain letters? Oh, God, totally. Yeah. Not superstitious. Well, didn't do them. But I was, I was very superstitious. So, did, so if you got a chain letter, you did it because you were afraid oh, yeah. something bad was going to oh, happen. Yeah. How about you, Courtney? No. 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 <laughs> I'm like, like why am I going to send a dollar when <laughs> I don't know <laughs> these people? I'm not going to get a dollar back. Yeah, you know, they're like, oh, if you send $1, you'll get $20. Well, that's a pyramid screen. That's, I was going to say, that's, yeah, exactly. that's MLM. That's not, that's not a chain letter. But, but it's a chain, but it it's is, a chain letter of like, you do this or you're not going to. And then the emails. Oh God, when they transition to emails, they're oh. only best to 20 people. Screw that's you. what I was saying. Yeah, right. You see these in social media now too, where people basically just take this entire thing and say, and about serious subjects like cancer, I want people to just not just cotton paste, but to put it on your wall and then spread the message. And maybe it just comes from those chain letter things. And maybe I'm just a dick. I don't know, but I, just, <laughs> you I, refuse. Just, I never do it. No, I, I just, I'm like, uh, I mean, it's really sweet, but I just, I just don't do it. But is it sweet? Cause that's kind of where I was going with it because we had chain letters in our youth and those have now evolved into all sorts of things. Where are we now with this sort of spread? Is Courtney it, said in the beginning, we didn't have internet. Is it, that's the culprit. But no. what are your sources? I, I can go to Wikipedia every day. And, and and pull out any bit of information, but what are the sources behind all of that kind of stuff? And it's not vetted. No. You know, it's crowdsourced. There's some guy wherever, and there is that source of misinformation and the way that urban myths do sort of get around at an almost exponential rate these days. We heard about 
this happened in voter abroad and it's like it didn't happen. But who's going to tell you it didn't happen? That's the question. Well, hopefully people who vet it, hopefully people who investigate the kind of things. That's why journalism is so important. That's why local journalists, we've talked about this is so important mm-hmm. with, with things that are actually meaningful, not just a folklore story. Not the gerbil thing. <laughs> I would hate to be getting that assignment on the news desk. And I think this is what's so different about the millennial generation, what they're having to cope with. They're having to have a higher degree of discernment and taking ownership of figuring out what's true or not true. They have the technology at their fingertips. They can look things up. And I yep. think that's totally shifted both this notion of news, fake news, inaccurate news versus information that's now right. 100% available 100% of the time. And how do you discern which source of that information is accurate? But I also think technology has changed urban myths to be more personal. Like we talked about local, yep. like the Philadelphia urban myth, and it's more personal and it's more localized and it's more rumors and gossip in a way gossip. Where, where you're spreading something about someone like it's not a someone once removed. And I think that's much bigger deal now for that generation. Perhaps yeah. that's more impactful in their day to life versus how we experienced urban myths in our youth. And it can get out of control really fast. The Pizzagate unfounded, became internet hearsay. And some guy basically gets in his car and live videotapes himself going to this pizza place with like automatic with weapons a gun. looking for a secret room. To, save, to save the kids because the kids right. in a basement kids. of a place that had no basement. And any bit of this, it can be so pervasive, I think, and it can get away from people very, very quickly. I'm not saying I'm, I would be any better, but I think that there's a certain kind of bullshit meter that's like, this is just not plausible. And you see them on social media all the time and they're just not true. And now it's my cousin's friend of a friend says, if you get the vaccine, your penis is going to turn into (laughs) something that looks like a tuna can. It's not true. Wait, that has expanded beyond Bill Gates can control you. Now it's down to (laughs) your penis. It it becomes that kind of ridiculousness. It's just just like, this is fiction for Christ's sake. And we have to, I think, continually just trust our instincts and go, that's bullshit. But what's more disturbing is when the adults, like when we were kids, us believing someone got attacked by a Ouija board or Bigfoot, if we were camping with our friends, I think that that's different. It's when I see adults perpetuating our whole networks of news perpetuating or, or heads of state or, or heads of state. That's where it gets to me. Let's talk about that because we were kids and there was always sort of this partial piece of plausibility in a, in a myth and you have to sort of discern it. We have now grown up. We're now in our 50s. We do have bullshit meters. And, and I know that I'm not going to share something that sounds fishy, but people do, especially people older than us. What is it about that stuff that encourages people who should know better sharing this kind of stuff? Here's a story. My mother's a Democrat. My father's a Republican. And if you remember all of the Russian ads that ran about Hillary and that Hillary had Parkinson's and that Hillary was dying, whether they brought her down or not, they got served to my parents, to both of them. And somehow my mother believed them. She ultimately voted for her at the last minute. But months later, when it became clear and they talked about the hackers, she goes, oh my God, I was one of those people. I really believed that she was dying of Parkinson's. Like, well, yes, but you also could have, like we would do, look at the source. The source that's telling you that she's dying of Parkinson is not CNN, is not the Washington Post, isn't even the Wall Street fucking journal. It's some far right rag that you don't know you've got to check. I've seen it in in people our age. I think that if you have a natural bias sort of built in or it's a skepticism, anything that's going to feed in that, the more you hear it, 
the the more true it gets every time. For a period of time, if it keeps being repeated and repeated and repeated, you take it as truth. And it's like a foundation. Once that foundation is set, it's really hard to break, to loosen it up and to look for something that would be more truthful or an evaluation of that information rather than just taking it as rote. I, I think yeah. it's a folklore it because exactly the more people that say it, yep. they build upon it and it becomes yep. true. Yep. And then Air quotes true. And then pieces fall away and then you're left with the UFO that landed in front of you because your mother told you so. Which might be true. <laughs> we don't know, but, it, but it's no. enough for us to talk about it on this saying that may or may not be true versus people who will take fake news as real versus these myths or these legends. It's it, just like the M&Ms, right? <laughs> M&Ms never actually had the I'm red, red. dyed number two, but because it had a red M&M, they took it out or for a while. But I say for about a decade, they were gone. But there was this understanding that the red dyed number two was was somehow going to cause cancer. So there's right. a correlation of information and there's a lot of different things like that, that there's, there's misinformation, but because the action about it is still taken, it perpetuates the myth. Well, they well, it must be true because they took them out. They took them out. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Must be that's true. Right. And that's a phrase, I, whether it's in that phrase must be true or it's different version of must be true is underpinning a lot of fake news. Wait, we haven't I mean, even it, talked about Y2K. Oh, like we lived through Y2K people. <laughs> Not a friend of a friend, a direct friend. When we were living in New York, who worked for Morgan Stanley. Basically on uh, New Year's Eve, 1999, she had to go to work because there was a concern that the computer literally would fuck up and Morgan Stanley would really have some serious problems. And they spent years before this making sure that it didn't hiccup so that suddenly like $10 billion just didn't disappear. But nothing did happen. I I was on a rooftop in Brooklyn. It was freezing. And we sat there and just counted down and were like, hope the lights don't go out. Right. (laughs) Right? Nobody wanted to be on an airplane. Filled up your car. Filled up your car. car. Sure. So Y2K is a good example of something that we all felt and we all did and then nothing happened. Has that changed our behavior? Like, if we see something, we're like, I don't know about that. Y2K didn't happen. So this may not happen. Has our generation become more questioning of, yeah, I don't know about this shit. No, maybe. Well, I don't know. So the Mayan calendar date. Oh, death date. And we passed the death date. We always pass those things. God damn it. <laughs> we, do. we always pass those One things. One day we're not going to. <laughs> when the sun flames out in 4 billion years. Or something, right. I'll be gone. But Even see- if I'm reincarnated, I'll probably be done by that. I hope. You'll be done in your. Whatever in level. Yeah, I'll hit Nirvana. And- I'll be done. It'll- Unless he comes back as a jerk. I'm fine with that. Now we could look it up. Beforehand, when Mikey died, quote unquote died, we heard it from our cousin's third cousin. And then it turned out it wasn't true. We can now look and say, well, he's still alive. You see those. um, Oh, that's like that. Dead or alive, right? Celebrities. Dead or alive. When someone gets fake killed and it gets on Twitter. And and then people have to come out and say, no, actually. Um, actually And they have to hold like the newspaper. Yes. My boyfriend. It's like a hostage situation or something. Wait, that happened to Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was dead and then he wasn't dead. Lori, do tell. It came like... My my feed lit up. Twitter is good for a couple things. So years ago, mm. you guys remember when the Blanc Zoo Cobra escaped? We learned about it because they were a client and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, what are we going to do? The Bronx Zoo Cobra got out of its holding pen and was loose in the Bronx Zoo for a while. And the news came out slowly because they were like, what are we going to do? Maybe we'll just ignore it and it'll go away and the snake will come back. Yeah, because so, what reporter wants to go live at the Bronx Zoo looking <laughs> for the snake? Me. Somebody created a fake Twitter account for the Bronx Zoo Cobra and the oh, pictures of the Cobra in all these different places. And the Cobra went <laughs> to the ballpark and the Cobra went to all these places. Finally, within like a week, I think they found the Cobra and they put him back in his pen. You guys have got to see this page because whoever this person is that's doing it, there's a picture of a bunch of white dudes 
dudes, MAGA hats on in a plane. And she writes, hey, oh at God. Samuel L. Jackson, you cool with putting me on this plane? A really a funny, funny clever person. What can we do to help people moving along in this next set, given how fast technology is moving? Or do we just say fucking? Isn't it just the grand experiment? Are we going to get to the point where Elon Musk just dropped a chip in a monkey's head and he's playing Pong? It's going to be a, a direct input of just garbage. Maybe we'll just like, enjoy a nice, <laughs> quiet evening at home with a book. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening to Gen X Stories. Drop us a note at hello at genxstories.com and we may do some shout outs on a future episode that is not gerbil related. You can also subscribe to Gen X Stories on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at Gen X Stories or join our ever growing Facebook group where they talk about some of this stuff. We all have a Gen X story. What's yours? <laughs>